what is happening what is happening what is happening ladies and gents ladies and gents welcome 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 to another great episode of the errington gavin podcast that's right this is a show where we discuss trending stories topics in the field of politics sports and pop culture and so much more now as you know changing the narrative is my mission and in order to do that i always ask the help for you know for individuals from all walks of life whether they're public figures in the in the in in in, in sports entertainment community politics man and i've had people on both sides because as you know i'm friends with everybody i'm a middleman so we always love to have great people here on the aaron to gavin pod just you know to have a great conversation i'm so excited because on this show i have my dear friend mr greg scott so greg scott uh is a former nfl star uh now he's a community leader uh entrepreneur and um i'm excited to have him on because as you know this will be the last Friday until Super Bowl 58. And I'm talking about Super Bowl 58, uh, which is going to be in Las Vegas. It'll be the San Francisco 49ers taking on the uh, reigning Super Bowl champs, Kansas City Chiefs. As you know, KC is probably this current generation's dynasty squad. This will be their fourth Super Bowl appearance in five years. Okay, five years. Andy Reid, in my mind, top five best uh, football coach of all time. Uh, he has the you know resume to prove it. Pat Mahomes, you know, for from from my time, I think he's up he's up there in the top five as well. He's still young, not even thirty yet, he's doing so much great stuff. I think he's maybe in is it sixth year. I could I could be wrong, but it's gonna be a Super Bowl that everybody's gonna be talking about. Um, so I'm gonna have my good friend Greg on just in a few minutes, but uh, just to kind of catch everybody up on this Super Bowl, uh, as I've mentioned earlier, you have. The Kansas City Chiefs coming back for their, uh, you know, to almost like a re- it's a rematch because I believe in 2019 they faced off, uh, they faced off against the San Francisco 49ers, and at that time it was, uh, uh, I think, what's his what's his name, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was the starting QB if I'm not mistaken, and Jimmy was like, oh, he was the savior, signed like over a hundred million. Uh, a dollar contract and you know he was he was a stuff right he was a stuff it was supposed to be his time but one thing about that KC team let me tell you something they are a fourth quarter squad I've always said you know second half team is always great but a fourth quarter team is insane okay that's the heart that's the hardest thing in the NFL is to is to come back in clutch situations and Pat Mahomes is a clutch player uh uh he has um, um, oh my gosh, Travis Kelsey, probably one of the top tight ends currently right now in the NFL. Um, he he just has he has a squad. He has a squad with them. So um, as you see this graphic, this is reported by Yahoo Sports. I mean, you see both coaches of each squad, as I mentioned earlier, Andy Reid, and then you got Kyle Shanahan, who's leading the um, who's been coaching the San Francisco 49ers, doing a great job in San Fran. He's and if you're familiar with the last name Shanahan, he is the son of Mike Shanahan, who's won a couple of rings with uh, Denver back in in the I believe the late '90s, early 2000s, or maybe a little bit mid on. And um, and he you know then on uh, went to coaching uh, uh, the Washington uh, uh, at the time the Redskins. And so uh, you know Kyle, Hanna, Kyle Shanahan is starting to make a name for himself as a head coach. Obviously, Andy Reid is getting what he deserves because Andy's always I've always been a fan of Andy Reid. But I mean, look at that graphic, y'all. Look at that graphic. Now, you got the tail between, uh, uh, you know, two amazing QBs. You, of course, we know Pat Mahomes' stats, right? But we have a guy by the name of Brock Purdy. Y'all got quiet. Y'all like, who the hell is Brock Purdy? Who is Brock Purdy, Mister Irrelevant? Drafted in the very last pick, the very last pick, y'all, two hundred and sixty second pick. That man waited for a long time, but look, he's been proving himself time and time again. That hey, look, I have what it takes to compete in the NFL, and this is this will be a remarkable story if uh, if uh, uh, San Fran pulls this off, led by Brock Purdy. So let me hurry up and get this graphic off and get my good friend, Mister Greg Scott. Let me bring Greg on. Let's see, let's see here. Oh, hold on, let me change that for you. There we go. There we go. Greg, what's going on with you, brother? Hey, hey, my man, how you doing, bro? Man, bless, bless. So, man, thank you so much for taking out the time out of your busy schedule, man. Because you, you, you're doing it all. Like I've mentioned before, you have an amazing, amazing, uh, uh, just a resume. Uh, you uh, spent five, spent 
uh, over six, five years, I believe, playing professional football. You've played with the Washington at the time, the Washington Redskins, now currently the Washington Commanders. You played with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, you played. You had a career over in NFL Europe, and you also played on the uh, in the league of arena sports. So you really you are an expert when it comes to you know the sport of football, if I, if I might say. And then can't forget you you know you play with one of the most prestigious. Uh, HBCU squads, uh, in, you know, Hampton University. So you're right. a pirate. I have some families that are pirates too. Now, majority of my families behold the green and gold, so I won't take nothing right. against you. <laughs> but, um, but man, you you are, uh, but you're, you're, you know, you're doing great stuff in your community with your foundation as well, man, which we'll get to talking about that a little later on in the show. But uh, first and foremost, man, Greg, how, how's everything going with you? Well, man, first and foremost, man, thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate this opportunity, man, to get up here with someone who's so well-respected as well, man. So thank you, but, man, uh, life is going, man. We get up every day and uh, swing that hammer again, man, try to make it happen. So, you know, right now we just, hey, feeding kids every day, man, right now. That's all we got going on is uh, not high school football season anymore. Of course, you know, I coach mm -hmm. high school football at South Hampton High, so that keeps me a little busy in the afternoons. But right now it's just dad come home and uh, see what's going on with the kids after I feed kids at cover three. <laughs> The, the man can't look. You just can't get rid of kids. You just you just kids are everywhere with you. Kids in your home, your kids in your community. You're coaching kids, man, which is awesome. And and I mean that's even uh, great. You know the fact that we're you know talking about uh, you know the upcoming Super Bowl because you being a coach and you coach on the high school level. I mean that's a. I've always said I honestly I prefer watching high school and college because it's 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 a different drive between, you know, right. those, those athletes compared to guys in the pros, because obviously the pros are like, Hey, I've made it. I still want to maintain this job because I have to feed my family, but I do want to make right. a name for myself on this high level. But when it's high school and college, man, they're like, look, I'm giving you my all at all times. I mean, I played high school ball myself and I didn't quite have that passion to pursue college. I thought about it, but you know, right. I, I just, you know, the, the practices was intense and you know, right. I think I got clocked one time, and I said, "You know what? This might not be for me. This might." <laughs> uh, man, I'm talk, man, Greg. When I tell you, a guy got me good. I, I so I was a, a DB and running back, and I've always loved, uh, you know, defense. Cause I'm like, hey, look, I'm initiating the contact. I don't want nobody right. coming after me. But right. uh, yeah, it, it, it only took but one time, and I'm like, you know what? I, I don't gotta do this no more. I, I don't wanna do this no more. <laughs> My dad said, I, I, you, "You looked a little lost for a second. I said. It's because I was, sir. I just I, right. I was playing it off like it didn't hurt. But I'm like, you know what? That hurt. That was a good hit, but it yeah. hurts. So I'm like, hey, not man, for me, it, man. It's it's a tough game, man. It, it makes a man out of you, man. I think football is uh, you know, I hear a lot of my great coaches, man, say football is life. You know, some of the lessons you learn out on the football field, they're long lasting in your life as well, man. So the game teaches you a lot of basic fundamentals, man. Uh what you put into it, you're gonna get out of it. So I just like that aspect of how it's helped me become a man, uh, the competing aspect, getting up every day, bringing your A game, and to now be able to feed that energy back into young kids, high school kids, man, is uh, just a privilege, man, because like I said, mm -hmm. I think, you know, thank God they respect me for my football resume. So then I try to be as positive and shed as much light on situations, you know, uh, pertaining to football, which also can you know, shed, shed, you know, that same light in your life. Because like I said, they, they really run parallel, man. What you, Absolutely. what you do in football, that the type of person you're going to be on the football field is usually the type of person you're going to be in life. So mm -hmm. it's just, uh, it's wonderful, man, to be able to, to share that knowledge with some young men who are dreaming of trying to do something that uh, I had a privilege to do, man. So to be able to pull back into them, I take it every day, man. It's an honor. Man, man. And look, I, and I always have to ask, uh, you know, you know, being a former professional athlete, do you miss it, man? Like, and if and if so, what is one of the, you know, what is maybe a couple things that you just you really just miss about, you know, being on the field? I miss the camaraderie with the guys, man. That that uh, because usually if you, that, that camaraderie with the, the camaraderie with the guys, mm -hmm. you never forget those relationships. You know what I'm saying? Some of those people you still talk to on a day to day basis. That's what you miss the most. Mm -hmm. Um. The, the competitiveness, you know, every day in the NFL, man, you got to bring your A game. If you're about competing, you got to bring your A game every day and be ready to go up against, you know, other guys who felt like at one point in time they were among, you know, the best football players in the world. So to be able to prove yourself 
in that arena every day and to come and compete. It's a mm-hmm. wonderful thing, man. So I, I just I'm thankful for the opportunity. Um, I always dreamed about it growing up as a, a young kid, and then to be able to make it, man, was just mm-hmm. uh, was just a, a dream come true. Because like it's, a, it's something that you honestly do dream about your entire youth life, trying to get to that point, man. So it's uh, I do miss it. I don't miss playing because, like I said, that you know, at forty five, near forty four, but forty five soon. Uh, <laughs> The body, you know, it's definitely a young man's game. You know, once you get around, <laughs> once you get around 33, 34, you start to realize, like, hey, man, I, I'm an OG in this game, you know. <laughs> hey, look, but you, you, look, in, in, a, in a sense, you're never too old. I mean, you go to basketball, you look at LeBron, you see Brady stayed until he was about 45. I mean, I understand the different position, but, right. like, I mean, these, you know, they're athletes that are just saying, you know what? I still got some more. I still got some more. So, but I totally understand, you know, just the impact. Like I said, high school was good for me. Senior, look, see, they said, what about your senior year? I said, what about my senior year? You know what I mean? <laughs> like my body, I'm like, I'm walking, I'm, you know, I got crooked fingers, you know, I'm like, right. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm I good. Totally, I totally agree with you though, man. I mean, some guys, you, you, you get those rare situations like the, mm-hmm. the Tom Grady's, the, the uh, LeBron James with these guys defy all the odds, you know, and they just play for a long time. But just trust me, those guys come far in between, you know, especially guys who are in the trenches, you know, being a defensive lineman, offensive lineman. You find guys who play in 10, 12, 14 years down there, man. God has really been looking out for them. They had to stay mostly injury free. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's real down there in those trenches, man, because it's not a lot of plays off down there. You're being touched. Every play in those trenches. <laughs> I, look, I can, I believe you, Chief. I believe you, man. Let, let's let's uh, let's kind of fa- uh, go back to the conference uh, championship games, right? We had we had Casey going to, uh, headed into Baltimore, which was pretty rare because I'll be honest, I was somewhat of a critic of uh, of Casey the start of the season because I'm like, oh, y'all lost Tyreek Hill. In my mind, the top wide out at least, at least the right. fastest for sure but when i heard they were losing him i'm like oh that's your number one piece right there because mahomes throws up prayers like i mean mahomes has a cannon and just tyreek always go he's the fastest guy so it made it real easy so seeing him leave i'm like oh casey won't be the same the the, the atmosphere is going to be different because it's like okay you feel like you've lost one of your fam- you know one of your bros and it's like it's going to mm-hmm. be different so i wasn't expected uh <laughs> expecting uh casey to make it this far and I was even like going back on some of their uh some of their stats and I was reading up how Casey really has had a somewhat of a unsuccessful at least I know Pat Mahomes for sure but he didn't have a successful season statistic wise but even though they made it far but just stat wise he was not the same I think he was averaging uh maybe like 270 yards in passing um I'm reading some of my notes is a uh, past year, uh, interception. He had about 14 this past season, so yeah. not really improving. And of course, the Chiefs they had a lot of drop balls, so I'm like, okay, Casey ain't gonna make it this far. But fast forward, they you know, they're in the conference game. Um, right. what was your what was your take first on just that game? Be honest with you, man. I really, uh, going into the game, I really felt like you, you, you can never, you can never count Pat Mahomes out. He wasn't MVP Pat this regular season, but he still. Pat Mahomes, and he's, uh, I think he's earned the respect to never count him out. You know, yeah, any, any game he's in, <coughs> excuse me, especially if he has uh, Travis Kelsey, you know, a uh, guy who really dominates the middle of the field for him uh, in his offense. So you can, you can never count those guys out, man. I'm, um, uh, I respect Kansas City. I was really pulling for Baltimore in that situation because, you know, uh, Pat Mahomes has got there. We love Pat Mahomes. We know he's a great quarterback. I was really hoping that Lamar was going to get a chance to showcase his talents mm-hmm. on that bigger stage. And uh, to be honest with you, I really think, uh, you know, Kansas City was Kansas City in that game. But, you know, they, uh, I think Baltimore's defense is what I was a little bit more disappointed in because, you mm-hmm. know, Baltimore's defense had been smashing people all season. And to That's get true. to that game, and um, they did, I mean, they played decent, but. You had they had big plays happen on them. Things that were happening to them didn't happen all year. Big plays, you know, they weren't getting the turnovers that they were accustomed to getting because, of course, again, you're playing against Pat Mahomes. But uh, I really felt like Baltimore's defense level of play 
wasn't uh, I'm not gonna say the guys weren't up and ready to play the game because that's the thing, I think that's an insult. The guys practice all week. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure they were ready. I just don't think things went the way they anticipated them going, and Kansas City got the best of them. But I was really thinking that uh, it was gonna be Baltimore and Lamar Jackson's year. But again, Pat Mahomes, two-time uh, winning Super Bowl quarterback, and his teammates stepped up to the challenge and made things very difficult. And they won a road game, you know. They went on the road and won and, that and game. That's, right that's, Baltimore. that's another thing. I mean, that was the first in a long time you've really seen KC playing exactly. in a, pl- a playoff game at that capacity on the road. Um, exactly. That's why you, you know, you you kind of hope that okay, boom, home field advantage. Okay, brings up you know builds up the momentum of uh, of the of Baltimore. But I mean, to you know to uh, piggyback what you said, man, I I feel as though that Baltimore just never had an answer for KC's uh uh offense. Like it's just it was like they were not responding at all. And, and it was mm-hmm. Baltimore, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut across. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Baltimore had it's almost like Baltimore damn near beat themselves, man. I want to say they had Yes. Five, oh, five, no, five you, or six uh like penalties that were just you can't have those in that type of game. I want to say uh the Their wide receiver, Austin. I think he he was like a second year guy. Yeah, bonehead mistakes, man, and it, it kills. And it's so funny because uh, my my father, all, you know, he played. He did a short stint in the league. Played, you know, played. He's very passionate, co- coach as well. Very right. passionate. And he's just like saying. It's it's always funny hearing from a you know from a person like you know in their sixties and just you know older generation because right. it's like these young kids need to stop messing around and play the game. <laughs> like it, it was so funny, but he really messed it. Those penalties really affected the yeah. the turnaround of the game, and it's just yeah. you don't want to keep on beating that player you know in the head because obviously you have your teammates to console you, being like, man, it's okay, you got to learn from that. You got, but I mean. He's lucky he's a starter because if that was, you know, someone that's a a, a, a struggling a, a player trying to get his spot on the team, bro, that's your that's your contract right there. You out. <laughs> he may have been out of there, but thank God. Uh, I forget his name. He's second year guy. He's an explosive receiver. No, exactly. Uh, number number four, I believe. Number four. I yeah, know exactly yeah, who you're four, talking about. I forget his name, but he, he he's awesome, man. He's going to be very good in this league, but mm-hmm. I really felt like he had a chance to uh, grow up that game because – I think he's gonna he's gonna dream about diving across that goal line, fumbling that football. That's gonna mess with him for a long time, man. Because yeah. I know he's a competitor, and that play, I really feel like if they would have got that play, they could have changed. You know, could they, that, I think that score would have tied things up. It we'll sure would. It would have helped. It, 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 it definitely would. But like you know, like you you know, spoken defense wins championships, I and mean, we you know I've out my you know that's somebody. Uh, you know, my coaches, my dad's told me, hey, defense wins championships. But in, in the case of KC, it's just totally different because KC is, in my in my eyes, that fourth quarter squad that is so unpredictable that you just don't know what happens. You really don't know what they can do. And they and they fire up in the fourth quarter, which is rare. And then going to KC's defense. I, KC's yeah. defense stepped up in crucial times, you know, in which they have a all-star, you know, studded type defense, their defensive mm-hmm. lineman. Chris, you know, uh, what's my man's name? Chris, Chris Jones, yep. Chris Jones. He's just you. You have to account for him every game. He always makes a difference in every game that he's in. So uh, again, hats off to KC, man. Uh, they they weren't my pick going in, but mm-hmm. again, that's why we all have to play the game. You know, we can all sit here and talk about it, but you got to play the game and finish it up and see how things go. Then that's so, right. That's right. And, and be, be, before we move on to the next game, I to make a little, make a little joke on a uh, Baltimore Ravens. See what had happened was if, if Jim Hall, if Harbaugh didn't do that breakdancing in the locker room after that game before, <laughs> see what I mean, you know, you gotta, you can't be too confident, man. You just can't be too confident. Like they dancing like they just won the Super Bowl. I'm like, uh, 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 they were having a little too much fun. And he Time knew that game was there, man. Time and place for everything, man. You, you don't want to celebrate too early, man, because, like I said, because uh, I want to say the, the score to that game, what was it, 17-10? It was, sure enough, yeah, it was 17-10. Yeah, You're absolutely right, 17-10. So just, uh, just who who would have thought that Pat Mahomes would only score 17 points and Lamar would only got 10, especially at home in Baltimore. But that just goes to show the defenses came up and, uh, you know, played good football, man. But uh, you can never – the, the turnovers mm-hmm. and those penalties, man, uh, is going to get you every time, especially in those type of tight games where teams are evenly matched. Whoever turns the football over is going to lose the football game. 
You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So look, we're gonna move it on to the NFC uh uh game, and we had the Detroit Lions take on San Fran. And I'm 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 gonna be honest, I was rooting, my heart was rooting for Detroit. I'm like, Detroit, right. this is your time, you got this. But I I'll ask you first, what was your take on that game? What was some of the stuff you pulled from that game where you're like, okay, this is this is what this is why y'all lost? <laughs> I think um Detroit, the only reason they didn't pull that game out, the same thing that had gotten them to that point all season, being aggressive, uh, you know, taking chances, yeah. kind of bit them because I want to say uh, the Detroit Lions coach could have kicked the field goal that would have tied the game. Now, That's you right. still got to go out and hit the field goal, but mm-hmm. I think he went for it on fourth down and they didn't get it. Mm-hmm. But if you kick mm-hmm. that field goal and you tie that game up, you never know what can happen after that. So kind of – um. Just maybe at that time, just wasn't their year, man. Big, big hat, shout out to Detroit, how they've turned that city and that organization around. Uh, I too was rooting for them to uh, go all the way because I just like the style of their coach, man. That style of their coach is a no nonsense type yeah. of guy, and I think the guys on that team kind of follow that from him. You you, you usually adapt the attitude of your coach. Mm-hmm. And he's aggressive, uh, and he was that way all year. And it just so happened to bite them in the, you know, bite them in the butt in that one chance where they didn't get that, uh, that first down. But uh, hats off to San Francisco, man. I mean, top to bottom, they have a, a hell of a football roster, man. They have a, especially a lot of pieces offensively that can hurt you, and their defense plays lights out, man. So uh, it was going to be hard to go out there and uh, get San Francisco and uh, play. Uh, 48 minutes of tough football to pull that out, or 60 minutes in that case to pull that out. But uh, mm-hmm. Detroit was there. Uh, they are going to be an organization to uh, be dealt with moving forward. But again, San Francisco 49ers, man, such a historic, you know, franchise. You know, yeah. I just think uh, you have so many guys who stepped up and made plays in the right time to pull that game out. But uh, again, hats off to Detroit. But I think you know San Francisco just had a better team, top to bottom. Absolutely, absolutely. I I think when it came to, you know, like you mentioned earlier, uh taking chances, taking risks at, you know, going mm-hmm. after it on the fourth quarter. Yeah, it helped during the regular season, but it's like you got to play smart football when it comes to these clutch situations and when it comes exactly. to the timing. Um, you know, Dan Campbell is very well respected by his teammates. I think I think it does help when you have a lot of former professional athletes, even athletes that, you know, some of them he probably played it, during the same time he was playing, because he's not a right. he's not a he's a young guy. I think he's in his early forties, right. and and a former Detroit Lion himself. I think he was part of that squad where they were like zero and sixteen or something. Right. So it's just yeah. the city was behind you. It was just you know the remarkable story and stuff. And he even took uh you know uh he took uh um uh, uh credit. Well he 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 took accountability as far as hey look I took I made a gamble it didn't work. Um, that was on me. That was on me. But I'm just right. like, man, why, why, why? And it was like fourth and three. I'm like, out of all yeah. fourth and three, man. It wasn't like y'all were just, uh, but it's it it, it broke me, man. It, it really, it really did broke me. But I think the the more thing I was uh upset about was like, okay, in my mind, Detroit was the only team, in my opinion, that could really compete with Casey. I'm I'm a I'm a little back and forth with San Fran. I like San Fran, yeah. but I just you know, for one, I look at coaching. Mm-hmm. And he got a great coaching staff. He can really yeah. outcoach another squad. Then I look at the talent. Um, don't <laughs> get me wrong, San Fran is awesome when it comes to their their lineup. Um, I mean, like I mentioned before, Mister Irrelevant, who's uh, Brock Purdy. I mean, Brady. I think he's about he young. I mean, little guy too, like six one two twenty two, yeah. maybe two twenty something like that. Um, great, great, great game manager, man. Getting the job. Oh done. man, the knowledge is crazy. The knowledge yeah. is crazy with how he reads his. His, his play uh, play style. He's a playmaker. I, I, I yeah. said it before. One of my old uh, uh, uh one of my um, recent episodes, at least about uh, uh Pat Mahomes. You know, Pat is a playmaker, and I see I see that as well in Brock Purdy. Um, right. but you got right. um, uh, Christian McCaffrey, um, Debo Sammy. That's my boy right there, Debo yeah. Sammy, George Kittle. So I mean, it's almost they got a lot of places, man. They got a lot I'm, of pieces. A dominant offensive lineman and Trent Williams. I mean, you you had a, you got a lot of pieces, man. To uh, mm-hmm. they, they have the makings of a great football team, and they really showed that, man. Uh, Detroit gave them a hell of a fight, but you know, at the end, San Francisco just made more plays than Detroit did. And like I said, Detroit got a little aggressive. If you kick yeah. that field goal, I think you may have a different turnout. But hey. That's the call you went with. 
And that's the thing that's about right. football, man. You, you, you live and die by that call. <laughs> well, look, what is your what is now? Let's move it on to the actual uh Super Bowl, right? Let's move to the Super right. Bowl. So you have now um the uh San Fran taking on KC, a rematch of 2019 Super Bowl. Uh, but you know, KC being the 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 reigning champions, what what how are you seeing the way this is gonna be played out? What are the key things that you know both teams have to do in order to try and get that win? And you um, I think it's gonna be a hell of a football game, man. First off, you got uh great coaches, you got uh great football players, you got uh two aggressive teams that are gonna go and play football every snap, man. So it's gonna be exciting. I think my prediction is. I think Pat Mahomes, you know, he continues his dynasty, man. I think I think he's going to win his third Super Bowl. Uh, I just, like I said, again, it's, it's hard to go against Pat, man. Not to say that the San Francisco can't make it happen, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, of course, you know, I cheer for Cincinnati hard, you know, being I spent three years out there. And uh, I think Joe Burrow is one of the few people that has beaten Pat Mahomes several mm-hmm. times in crucial situations. So I just think uh, – it's hard to count Pat out, man. You get him in that situation, you get him in those games, uh, and he just shows you his greatness every time. Uh, I think uh, San Francisco has a very good football team, but, again, I think uh, Pat uh, outshines him and gets his third Super Bowl. Okay, okay. Well, look, folks, you, you heard her from the pro himself, the football <laughs> guru himself, the wizard, Mr. Gray, Scott Greg. Look, we're going to – uh, take a quick commercial back, a quick commercial break. But when we come back, we gonna we gonna talk about one of his former uh, former squads, man, because you know it's got got a lot of new things happening in Washington, and uh, we want to you know get his uh, take on that. So when we come back, we'll have more of the Aaron Gavin podcast. It's your boy Aaron Gavin. I'm here with former NFL star, entrepreneur, and community activist, Mr. Greg Scott. All right, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. Order your beard care products with Rugged Evolution. We're your local beard care line that supports the maintenance of your full mature beard. Our line includes conditioning shampoos, moisturizers, balms, oils, shaving lotions, and exfoliating soaps. These products moisturize, hydrate, nourish, and have all the natural ingredients for a healthy beard. Log on to our website or download our app to place your orders. Become a man of distinction with Rugged Evolution Beard Care. And remember, Rugged is the new smooth. All right, fam. Look, we are back here with more of the Aaron Gavin Pod. I'm here with my good friend, Mr. Greg Scott. You know, we already just finished ha- talking of the Super Bowl predictions, as you know, happening this Sunday. The Super Bowl uh, held in Las Vegas, y'all. Las Vegas. It will be the San Francisco 49ers taking on the reigning champs, the Kansas City Chiefs. It's going to be a great one, too, because you got Usher, the, the R&B icon performing, you know, yeah. at halftime. I think I think Reba's doing the national anthem. I mean, it's going it's to be dope. It's going to be dope. So really excited, man. Make sure y'all get y'all, y'all wings ready, all your, you know, your dips and everything. I'm ready. I'm not caring about a diet this weekend. I'm telling you this right now. This is a this is a this is a holiday for me. So I'm gonna go, <laughs> I'm gonna go ham. I don't know about you, Greg. I'm gonna go I'm going ham. Yeah. I look got got the beer ready. We, we everything. We're gonna have a great time. Oh, yeah, it, it's hard, it's hard to worry about a diet this weekend, man. What? I'm, I'm, I'm pushing that. <laughs> I'm, I'm already 3:30. I think by the weekend's done, it will be at least 3:37. So <laughs> it is what it is, man. We're gonna just enjoy it, man. Hey, but look, Chief, look, you wear good, you you're a healthy 3:30. That's the thing. That's all that that's all that matters, but no, we go, we gonna go ham this weekend. But uh, but fam, look, I wanna I wanna uh talk about Greg. So you know, you being a, a former uh Washington uh at the time it was the Washington Redskins, currently the Washington Commanders. You had a yeah. great career with them. Um, it was almost you know, being a Virginia guy like you know like yourself, is is it, you're playing for a hometown team. You know, one yeah. one thing here in Virginia, you either a Dallas fan for some reason I don't know y'all. I don't know about <laughs> no Dallas fan, but for some reason you're Dallas, Pittsburgh. But most of all. You are a Washington Commanders all day, every day. So Washington, you know, we've we've had some some um, and and I'm and I'm no fan, but a lot of my family, my my father, my my my, my brother, he, you know, they're diehard Washington uh, Commanders fans, and it's been iffy. I think at the time where Ron Rivera was uh, uh brought brought into the organization, we're like, okay, good, we have some hope. Ron's a very respected coach, successful coach. Didn't didn't have to well of a season leaving uh carolina but still a very respected guy and we're like okay we got it going on we got del rio 
coaching the defense. Oh, and then on top of that, you got Mr. Eric B. Enemy, the wizard behind KC's yeah. offense. So that's what really woke us up, right? So um, as you know, the 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 turnaround for Washington wasn't the best. I think you know uh, Ron Rivera overall he had a, a twenty six and forty overall uh, with uh, Washington. He fit. He was he was let go after this season after a four and thirteen uh, 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 record. Now, see, you know, see, to, to exactly, man. What was what was some of the struggles in your opinion that Washington had this uh, this past season? Well, that's a good question, man. I think um, having a chance to be blessed enough to be within, a, you know, two different organizations like that, mm-hmm. the same Washington Redskins, currently the Washington Commanders and the Cincinnati Bengals, I think, man, your your success starts at the very top, meaning your owners, how you enter the building every day, how you treat your staff how you do everything. So mm-hmm. I really feel like Washington wasn't given a fair chance because, you know, uh, Snyder was the owner when I was there. I love Snyder. Good, you know, good guy. But of course, allegedly he had some things going on, you know, yeah. within the organization. So when you have that type of stuff starting at the very top of your organization and people are being mistreated, people feel like they have a hostile work environment. <clears throat> I don't think you can, I don't think you can have that type of uh, that type Cult, of atmosphere, that type, atmosphere, that type of culture, at the top of your organization, mm-hmm. and expect things to trickle down and mm-hmm. be good. So I, I really mm-hmm. feel like uh, if those things have any truth to them, I, the commanders never we 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 haven't been able to we haven't stood a chance in the yeah. last couple of years. I want to say we won one playoff game with Sean Taylor back in the day. Uh, before that. Man, it's been a struggle, man. And you, you know, I think uh, I'm a firm believer in karma, man. And I think Washington, the commanders are working their way out of this because now the one time, uh, you know, history lesson. Mm-hmm. Washington, the Washington Redskins had a was the had a had a black quarterback by the name of Doug Williams. That's right. Won That's Super right. Bowl and was Super Bowl MVP. Graham Gramlin them by the way HBCU. All right, I'm saying I'm trying to tell y'all something HBCU, but HBCU guy took them to the top, win the Super Bowl. I don't know if people, many people remember that that very next season, that same MVP winning Super Bowl quarterback couldn't find a job. Mm. People, I think people forget that you win the Super Bowl, you're the MVP, and then the team that you just won the Super Bowl with won't give you a chance again for whatever reason. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Williams faced a lot of different issues back in that mm-hmm. day. Uh, uh, African-American quarterbacks weren't as prevalent as they are now back in Doug's day. So mm-hmm. uh, I just feel like, man, we, we have done some things in our past as the commanders that we, we are still being haunted for now. <laughs> Hopefully we can break the curse and get through this. But uh, I feel like we do have uh, – Snyder has stepped out of the way. Mm-hmm. You have the ownership. Yeah, uh, you got Matt Magic Johnson on that list of now a part of Magic the ownership Johnson group. Is on that list now. So I just feel like we can only go up from here. Mm-hmm. We've been down. We we we've been down for years now. So we can only go up. And I do think uh, it's very possible to do so. You got some pieces there. You're going to have a new atmosphere, new coaches. You're going to clean house, man. So you, you pretty much clean the house. So uh, I just feel like it's going to take maybe another year or two before we actually get to see what's going on. But mm-hmm. just hope we can, you know, rebound soon, man, because, you know, uh, I am so tired of hearing Dallas Cowboy fans talk about how they whoop us and <laughs> they're the best. And it, it just gets old, man. So I am truly playing, praying for my Washington Commanders, man, because, uh, like I said, that was the first organization that uh, gave me a chance. So mm-hmm. I only cheer for Washington and Cincinnati, no matter what, you know, I, only I know cheer that's right. I know that's right. But uh, I just hope we can uh, have a better year moving forward, man. But again, I think when you remove that dark cloud from the very absolutely. top, absolutely. Absolutely. Things, you know, a nice new sunny day can work things out for the rest of the crew. And I think, you know, uh, I think we're, I think they'll move better. I think they'll be better moving forward, but you got to, you got to treat people right, man, in every aspect of life. You know, if, you, yeah, if you're having yeah. a lot going on and someone's being mistreated, it's going to bite you in the ass somewhere up and down the line. So uh, I think that's what was Washington's biggest problem. It's amazing how 
relationships and work environments can trickle down because you wouldn't think that would trickle down to the football field and affect how players play. But mm-hmm. if people are being mistreated at the top. You know, it sets the mood for your entire organization, man. Absolutely, so, uh, absolutely. I and then really like we, we, we serve a better chance moving forward now. Oh, no, no. I mean, you spoke nothing but pure facts. And I mean, just having having that cloud, you know, rain over the, you know, just, you know, the stadium and the squad and just the culture, it does put full effect because, you know, I, I speak with my Washington friends and, you know, they, you know, they they have some words about Dan Snyder. And, you know, it's, it's a <laughs> funny story. Um, so my um now my my dad uh he him and Bruce Smith go way back. They they were right. teammates in uh, Booker T Washington. Um I actually remember and I forgot what age I was, but when Bruce got inducted, um uh, we were honored to be invited a part of his uh, guest list my my father, my mom, and I, I myself and then I was able to bring my best friend. Uh still to this day we've been best friends since 5 years old and we yeah. can we went and we never I mean it was just it was like nothing we've ever seen before but we were i remember going there was an uh, after party after the celebration of uh, after the actual ceremony who do, i see this i see uh, like i i it was a lot of black people and i see like maybe like one or two white people one of those white guys was dan snyder and as a kid i never really knew it was but i'm like first of all i'm like i'm in elementary school dan about my height and i'm a tall man but you know long story short i'm like well, dang if if I knew that was that, I was like, damn man, we gonna be friends because I need a lot of rich friends. <laughs> I, we we gotta be friends, so we gotta that, be that, that, that he was rich. <laughs> <laughs> but but I that's my only that's one of my you know big stories I always share. Well, it was so many memorable people uh in that right. tent, man. I mean uh uh Richard Roundtree, I know my mother got you know got to meet him uh, um um oh man Daryl Green, which I it was so funny because my dad has an autographed jersey, Daryl Green. In, in a frame in the house and the first person I see when we walk I'm like I'm trying to tap my dad on the shoulder but and my dad right. you know big I'm like and I'm like right so uh which I mean is a is a Washington legend legend right. man a but um legend. but a true legend man yeah. um but it was just it was it was an awesome experience there but uh but it it, it does it, it hurts when you do have Fans that continue to support Washington, but like you said, don't don't have mixed reviews on ownership, and then they they changed that. Everybody was like, "Oh, thank you, he's gone." Okay, boom. Who's gonna be in ownership? What Magic Johnson? He's not even Magic Johnson anymore. He's Magic. Magic right. comes in, in ownership for <laughs> part of a group, and I think it it helps. It brings the it it, it warms up the atmosphere, the culture. Everybody's right. excited. Then you still have um you still you know under Coach Rivera, and and really stat wise. Yo, Washington has some really great players. I mean, Sam Howe, I'm, right. um, I wrote some notes down. He finished the season with almost 4,000 yards in passing. Now, the yeah. TD interception, you know, ratio was a little tough. It was 21 uh, touchdowns, 21 interceptions. Um, I think wideout uh, Terry McLaren had over 1,000 yards in mm-hmm. in rush, excuse me, in, in uh, uh, receiving, four touchdowns. And then uh, running back Brian Robertson, uh, about 733 to be exact yards in uh, in rushing and then Cody Barton your linebacker had a, a total of 123 tackles so these are not like it's not like you have bad players it's just trying to maneuver and get those pieces uh fit cuz y'all had a great squad um yeah, you got some bright spots man as you just yeah. you, know, you, you, got some, you got some bright spots on that football team man you really do i just think it's hard to uh we, we've been losing for so long, man. It takes a special group of guys to break that curse. You know what I'm saying? Yes. To just turn things around. So I really do feel like now, though, you will have, you know, uh, you got that new ownership again. I know I keep referring mm-hmm. back to that. But then and I just remind all the Washington Commanders fans, the first year of anything is always tough. Man. It's always new tough. ownership, new coach, whatever. You're gonna go through some growing pains with that type of stuff. You know, you got an organization where you got six, seven hundred employees. You know, you're gonna go through some growing pains. It's gonna take a while before mm-hmm. you get that uh you get that momentum rolling. So I think the future is really bright for the commanders, man. I really do. We got some great players. It's just gonna take a little while to get that camaraderie and that chemistry together to get back to the winning side. And like I said, you know, all that stuff comes in time. But I really do feel like uh the future is really bright for Washington, man. It really is. Absolutely. You got you got a new coach in Dan Quinn, which Dan Quinn is no, you know, he's no unsuccessful coach. He had a great right. season at, at the time with Atlanta, led them to a Super Bowl. Now, it was a Super Bowl that, oh, 
it it I can't talk about it because it's like it gives me head it gives me heartburn every time he lost to the, he lost to the goat he lost to the goat though <laughs> and I'm an indie fan no no ties to Indianapolis I've just always yeah. I don't know Tony Dungy uh, uh Ezra and Jane uh, Joseph like I was a, just a huge fan of indie so you know the 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 New England Patriots band is just uh they you know it's just, it kills me yeah. to even I'm I'm always on the debate of saying who's better between him and Peyton I'm always gonna be saying team Peyton because I'm like count count the NFL MVPs not Super Bowl count them individual <laughs> MVPs I'm just saying I'm just saying well, but if they but, were judged off MVPs you're right but unfortunately I'm just saying I'm just saying did, I mean you know did. Super Bowl that's a team effort now that's all right. I'm gonna say but um, I'm not gonna get my Tom has been there. He has seven of them, and then seven, to I leave mean. to leave New England and immediately grasp one. I think that's you know that's that's the true goat status. Hey, you know, right look, there. look, I can't. I I I, le- I left my my Stephen A. Smith attire home. I ain't bring that with me. I had to look, look, look that that would, that's blasphemous. No, I'm joking. But right. um, but you know, yeah, he he coached at, he coached Atlanta. Was let go there. Then I believe he was Dallas's defensive coordinator, if I'm not mistaken. And, and you know, Dallas's that was his defense has played lights out the last three to four years. You know, so he's uh he's a coach that has a good coaching pedigree. Mm-hmm. I think the people at Washington are going to be able to respect him, and I'm pretty sure he's going to be able to pull some other coaches in there with him that'll be able to get the guys going in the right direction. Because, like I said, Dan Quinn has his resume speaks for itself. He's been able to have some. Uh, real life success in the NFL besides that one debacle in the mm-hmm. Super Bowl where he was up by 25 points and they lost to uh, Tom Brady. But other than that, his resume uh, pretty much speaks for itself, man. He's a good football coach and uh, has been able to get through to a lot of guys to help them be better football players. Do would, would you do you think it would now? And I don't. I'm not saying if he was the you know the he fired the guy, but there's been there's reports that you know Eric Bieniemy won't be returning to Washington yeah. after just that season. Again, I've spoken on his stats of his offensive players, and yeah. I mean, do you think that's uh uh you know Dan has it covered as far as like oh I have somebody you know better than Eric Bieniemy, or I mean I'm hoping that a, a team would offer Bieniemy a head coaching because I think that's another story I'd love to have you on uh you yeah. know another time because there is. We do have that issue when it comes to diversity and giving, you know, right. African Americans the right platform. Uh, you know, not just on a corporate level, but I mean, when it comes to you know head coaches, head coaching, uh, right? So, um, you know, Eric has the the resume to well well off be a you know a head coach of a squad. I definitely agree with you. I think I think Eric the enemy is deserving of a head coaching job. He's proven um, that he is uh, well rounded. He can get two players. I remember they were a little disgruntled about his coaching style when he first got to Washington. But you see how quickly that went away because your mm-hmm. coaches are supposed to push you. So uh, I think he's well-deserving. But I will say, from my experience, usually when the head coach goes, they clean house. They you clean very house. rarely do you find guys who were on a staff with someone else and the new staff comes in and they stay. It, you know, it happens. Mm-hmm. It happens. It's rare. But I pretty much knew once uh, – Rivera, once uh, Don, Ron Rivera was out, that pretty much everyone else behind him was going to, you know, the dominoes were going to fall. And uh, mm-hmm. Eric Bieniemy is going to, uh, he's a great coach. Like you said, he's going to end up landing somewhere else and doing great things. Hey, he's got, I want to say, two Super Bowl rings with uh, yeah, Kansas, Kansas City. City. Yep. So he, he he's going to fall somewhere else and do great things. But, yeah, it's usually, I think, uh, I, I kind of knew when Dan Quinn was coming in, they were going to clean house and it was going to be his group of guys that he mm-hmm. picked once he got there and got situated. All right, boss, man. Well, look, I got, got to move on before, before we, uh, end this to uh, two more things. I want to, uh, you know, talk about your, uh, I believe is it season three or four of the culture shock, uh, culture shock podcast. Yeah. Season three, me and my man, is Scott, uh, he's the, uh, he's the host. I'm the co-host, but, uh, the Culture Shock, man, uh, great podcast. We're always interviewing people that uh, that have right, rightfully moved the needle in their profession. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We, we love talking to people that have uh, been able to do some amazing things uh, for the youth or whatever they're, you know, just, just moving the needle in their profession, man. So we're getting loaded again with season three. We got some amazing guests so far, mm-hmm. man. So uh, we are going to get rolling very soon, man. But uh, we enjoy it. We love it. And just to get a chance to hear people's story, man, uh, 
that that's the intriguing thing about those those podcasts where we, you get to hear people's story and you always get a chance to learn from someone else's story because you may not you may have heard something throughout the story that you didn't know before that can really uh mesmerize you about that person's journey man so we love doing the culture shop podcast man i can't wait to get going on and get fully uh running get hit the ground with season three <laughs> Love it, love it. And y'all, y'all need to check out the Culture Shock Podcast right now. If you, you know, to catch up on some latest episodes, they're available on all podcast platforms. I believe you can find them on YouTube as well. The Culture Shock Podcast, hosted by X Scott, as well as uh, my dear friend, Mr. Greg Scott, as well. Now, no, not not related, not related, because you know, Scott, Scott's a you know, uh, a very familiar last name because my my, my, yeah. my stepfather's last name is also he's a Scott too. So I'm like you never know but you don't know very common name but yeah we 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 came from the same hood uh we we've told people that we're cousins we really hey we are family now after you Mm -hmm. know uh me and x played against each other in high school and uh he was a quarterback and i was at franklin i was at southampton then had a chance to go to hu and team up win a couple conference championships around there and uh Mm. then to uh be able to come back home and uh coach football together and have this podcast. And of course he's a board member of cover three foundation as well too. So we've been able to do some amazing things together, man, in our journey. So, you know, once cool homies that have grown two brothers. That's, that's what I love. And that's what I love to hear. Cause Greg, my, my mission in life. And I, and I always, you know, repeat it a lot on the show is changing the narrative, you know, always, you know, you know, changing, you know, building up a representation of the black community. And I love seeing the yeah. fact that, you know, Hey, we were got we were uh gentlemen that played against each other. We were we start off as opponents, ended right. up as brothers because we had one common goal. We're from the same area, and uh, this is a, a, a great segue. I want to go into the Cover Three Foundation because I, you know, I love, you know, I'm big on giving back to the community. We we right. live in a society where you know people we we have communities that are hurting, especially you know right. now you know inflation still you know hasn't gone away certain you know grocery prices are up and uh, up and increased and i think somebody i was reading an article that uh, uh average i think mcdonald's meal is like pushing 17 dollars or something like that like it's just it's just it's so it's so expensive and a lot of people are hurting you know they're they we do have homeless in the in the hampton roads area i know for you know for sure in the franklin virginia area i know it's it's, it's out there as well um right. let's how the cover the cover three foundation man um how you know what what was the the uh, initial mission when starting this foundation? Well, um, after my playing career was done, man, back in 2008, 2009, I wanted to come back home, man, and do something that was going to be impactful to not only my community, but the surrounding communities. And I learned about the uh, Child and Adult Care Feeding Program, which is abbreviated circuit, the CACFP, and the summer, summer, the summer feeding service program, the SFSP, which are two programs that are governed by Virginia Department of Education, Virginia Department of Health, where you're feeding kids and after school programs and summer programs all year round. And I found out about it, man, and I was just blown away that I had didn't know about this program my entire life growing up. But uh, mm-hmm. fortunately, you know, I wasn't a kid that was facing childhood hunger. There are some out there. So I learned about the program. I uh, learned that it wasn't a sponsor out in our area, out in Franklin, Southampton County area. So I did my research and I, and I jumped at it, man. I knew that was going to be impactful. And I knew I wanted to help children in some shape, form, or fashion besides football camps because we were doing football camps and all that. But to be able to nourish a child every day in their after-school program or their summer program was uh, just a, you know, a gift that I wanted to be a part of. So, like mm. I said, we started out small back in 2010, man, with like three schools. And you fast forward to now where we have had over 4 million, you know, over 4.5 million healthy meals and snacks served wow. Uh, to, wow. to the at-risk youth, man, and to still be here 15 years later, still doing that same thing, uh, empowering our mission of fighting childhood hunger on a daily basis. I'm just thankful, man, because I'll tell people, uh, running a nonprofit is not always easy. There are going to be some days, <laughs> some tough days in running a nonprofit. No, you're but, absolutely right. We preach it. We <laughs> preach it to the choir, boss. Preach it to the choir. <laughs> hey, but, you know, the reward from it, to be able mm-hmm. to say that we have helped over 45,000 kids 
you know, have a meal in that time period, man, because we've, mm. we've had over 45,000 kids enrolled in our feeding programs since 2010. And to be able wow. to serve over 4.5 million healthy meals and snacks to at-risk youth in these after-school programs and summer programs, man, I, I'm still blown away by, you know, some of the things we've been able to accomplish in the last 15 years. And we've had amazing help, our OBC Healthcare Foundation, Hampton Roads Community Foundation, the NFL Foundation, mm. uh, tons of people who that have been, you know, uh, very, uh, very supportive of Cover 3. Uh, I'm just thankful, man, that we're at this point where we're still able to continue our mission of, you know, trying to make sure no kids out here are going hungry. I'm just thankful, man. Amazing staff. I, I couldn't have done it by myself, but uh, we've had some amazing staff people come through over the years and uh, make tremendous contributions to cover three to make sure that we're still here today, man. That is man. Four point that I'm still, I'm mind blown on the number. I'm like, right. wait a minute. You four point. I said, look, I did. Look, I, I need to update my notes over here. So, yeah, man. so, so great, man. Like was, was this though, was it, and I won't say specifically, you know, childhood hunger, but like was the, the compassion to giving back something installed from you before, before a professional athlete because i mean it's just like that that just don't happen overnight man i mean that's something that's you know it's installed in you at a young age right yeah well my my my, my, my parents man i think it comes from good stock man my father has always been a a community leader in his own right he's always mm-hmm. been known to help a lot of people in the community so i just thought man what better story than um thank god that the way he set it up but former nfl player gets to come home and have a foundation that feeds children and is fighting childhood mm-hmm. hunger right there where he grew up and then expands to other counties, Sussex County, because we feed all over Southeast Virginia, man. We're wow. Chesapeake, Chesapeake, Norfolk, uh, Brunswick County, Sussex County, uh, Suffolk, Franklin, Newport News, Hampton. We, we, you know, we, we go all over, man. We go all over taking these nutritious meals and snacks to kids in need. So to, I'm just thankful, man. Like I said, I sit back sometimes and look like I don't my Lord, I thank you. I don't know how the hell I did this for 15 years, but we're still <laughs> here and we're still doing it. So it must be a mission and a purpose behind it, man. So we're, we're just thankful to be able to, to help, man, and let, let young people know that, hey, you have some people out here who care about your eating, man, because, you know, a lot of people don't realize, you know, and if you if you haven't, you ate lunch at 11 o'clock, mm-hmm. now you're in an after-school program and it's 4.30, and people are asking you to be attentive and, uh, you know, uh, behave yourself. But if you're in there and your stomach is growling, you know, you, you're not going to be too attentive and want to, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, that's right. That's go, right. Go along with what's going on. So, to, you know, making sure a child eats helps with so much things, man. You know, their focus, their attentiveness, their, uh, the, the way they behave themselves and conduct and conduct themselves in the classroom. So just learning all of this over the years, man, was like, man, this is something that, needed to be done and i just thank god that he put me in a position where i was able to help and still helping every day right now that is uh, and, and you speak you, you spoke to something that i'm like why wow, you don't put two and two together because lunch is at 11 and then like you said you still got class and then you got to play a you know whether if you're playing football i mean yeah. you need fuel in order to keep that energy going so it's and then and then you know the sad thing is we live in a society where you know kids sometimes they have their best life in school because sometimes their conditions at home is different they don't know when their next meal is going to be so exactly. it's extremely important and then you're hitting key you know key areas because i'm you know familiar with being going to chihuahua university so i've dropped driven through a lot of the different counties and right. nutrition is key because you know i have a lot of friends that are you know cut from the country and it's like hey right. ain't no nutrition sometime about what's going on in the country i mean <laughs> let's be honest i mean you know we're you know in the african in the african african-american community uh nutrition is the least i mean we we know the fried we know the salt and we know right. the sugar that's about the three things we do know about I- High blood pressure family. What? What? But I got you know I can't do that. I got that sugar. I got yeah. that sugar. Like, I don't know how many times I heard uncles and cousins say, you know, such as got that sugar, and he right. he just thirty. And you know what I mean? Like he just twenty eight with diabetes. I'm like, what? And that's one of the things I'm glad we were able to hit on too, because to be able to provide young people 
with healthier food options. You know, uh, let, 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 let's let's put more fruits and vegetables in your body. Let's put the salt down. Let's, you know, let's not drink as many sodas. Try to drink more water. You know, uh, mm-hmm. just encouraging them to be better, man, because it's a true fact. We are what we eat, man. You know what I'm saying? So I think, uh, and, you know, and trying to stay active, working out. So we, we mm-hmm. preach all of that to our young people, but to be able to educate them in an area that they don't often get educated in about healthy food choices. That was big for me too, man, because you that that can uh, that can be life changing. If you can uh, help someone eat better, you never know, man. You know, we all have our number, but you know, you can maybe add five, six, seven years to someone's life by helping them with this knowledge. And if they're able to execute it and eat healthier and be healthier for them and their family, you know that that that's that's a uh, that's a gift worth passing on. Absolutely, Greg. And you know, me being a, a being a fan of yours, I always tune into you on social media. Man, y'all, Greg also practice what he preaches because he takes part in an event um with the um, Hampton Proton Therapy along with other professional athletes. You, Bruce yeah, Smith, man. I know X was um oh man, uh Aaron, um oh my goodness, former quarterback of the Saints. Oh, I'm trying to get his name. Aaron, uh, Aaron uh, Brooks. Aaron Brooks, Aaron, Aaron Brooks, Lord have mercy. Yeah. So, and and you and you guys speak on, you know, especially men and black men. Hey, taking care of your body, getting checked out. I, I was just mm-hmm. reading about and trying not to, you know, go too too off, but real quick. Um, there was a former radio host who I'm a true fan of. They called him Joe, the Black Eagle, Joe Madison. Joe right. Madison is off of Sirius XM, very you know known uh, talk radio host, and he just passed, I believe, at seventy four due to prostate. So it's like you know we're trying to you know be uh, impactful and let you know, hey, you got to get checked out, y'all. We all have to get checked out. Take care of all temple, man. You got to take care of your right. temple internally and externally. So, uh, Greg, I, I'm thankful you brought. Now I'm thankful you brought that up, man, because that that was another opportunity for us to educate people, man. Because not often, you know, like. Uh, we as African-American black men, now often do we get around and sit and talk about our health. You know, we don't want to go to the doctor. We don't want to do this. But, of course, early screening, early detection of prostate cancer, man, can be critical to uh, your recovery from it. So I'm mm-hmm. glad, you know, Hampton University asked us to be a part of that because that was just another way to spread knowledge about, you know, us taking care of ourselves. And as you alluded to, we only get one temple, man. You got to take the best care of you that you get. That's right. Well, man, Greg, I could talk to you forever, man. I know it. I, I know you, you, you're a busy guy. Now you're always invited. Um, again, I uh, I'll be you know talking to you soon, man. I'll be making making a round up there in Franklin as well. And yeah. uh, you know, peace and blessings to all the great stuff you're doing in the community. Uh, hopefully, we see a great Super Bowl game, y'all, right, <laughs> this upcoming yeah. Sunday. I'm uh, you know we 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 uh, spoke on it earlier. We we definitely see. It's gonna be impossible to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, but uh, you don't know, mate. We we don't know what. That's how they play we, the game. We just don't know. We <laughs> look. We don't know what song Usher gonna start off with, y'all. I'm getting tired of y'all asking what song y'all think he going. Is he gonna do this one? I don't know. So we will find out. Though we will find out. But again, y'all, I want to thank my guest, uh, Mr. Gray Scott, again, former NFL star, founder of the Cover Three Foundation, and co-host of the Culture Shock Podcast. So be sure to follow. Uh, him on his socials as well and then follow the culture shark podcast because they're heading heading into season three y'all they're in season three so available on all podcast platforms greg i want to thank you again for taking on the time out your schedule man and you have a blessed one and we'll talk to you soon my friend keep up the great work man thank you for having me bro thank you so much man thank you so much and again, y'all, I want to just thank y'all for continuing to tune into the, the Aaron to Gavin podcast. Thank you for supporting the pod as well. Um, be sure to uh, tune into new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time via podcast. So wherever you get your podcast, iHeart, Odyssey, Spotify, all those platforms, as well as uh, you can check out the video version at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via YouTube. Um, if you're a Rumble subscriber, you can check us out on there, Facebook at uh, Our Smooth Club Podcast, and on, on Twitter. I don't really call it X no more. It's just Twitter or well, X, formerly known as Twitter. Y'all know that platform. I try to I try to make sure y'all can catch us on every uh, platform. And also, y'all tune into my weekly radio show uh, in your city on WNSB ninety one point one FM, the Soul of VA, every Sundays at twelve p.m. Uh, and no worries if you can't find us on your radio dial, you can download the WNSB app. It is free, hosted by my good friends, uh, comedian Sirac Fox. Hustle Queen, Miss Michelle Young, and got to shout out our amazing producer, Mr. Cam Godley. Until next time, y'all, 
Peace and blessings, y'all. Take care. And I'm going to get on out of here because I want to uh, uh, go work out so I can uh, <laughs> so so I can, uh, uh, I guess, allow myself to go ham and eat a lot of food on Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> All right. We out. <laughs>